Good morning, brothers and sisters. In our gospel today, John gives us the words of our Lord at the Last Supper when he, as he himself said, gave a new commandment to the apostles to love one another. We remember at the Last Supper one of the acts of love that he performed to show the type of Lord, of Master that he was, is he washed the feet of the apostles. Peter didn't want him to wash his feet. And our Lord insisted, if I don't wash you, you are not clean. And so Jesus teaches us that the act of love, the command of love, ultimately comes from a place of service. And you have to be humble to serve someone else. Now, at the Last Supper, Jesus shows us the humility of his service by washing the feet of his disciples, even though he is the master. But then he perfects the act of service by dying on the cross to wash our souls. So in these two kind of bookends of Jesus' sacrifice, we see how he's willing to humble himself in any way to serve you, to the cleanliness of your body, but more importantly, the cleanliness of your soul. All of this is his love for you, and he does it as an act of service. If you remember his words to the apostles, he said, I come among you as one who serves, even though I am Lord and Master. It's the role of those in power and authority, as we know as Christians, to serve those under them. It's our responsibility. But Jesus doesn't just call those in power and authority to serve. They're, they should be the first servants, as we call the Pope, the servant of the servants of Christ. But all of us, all disciples of Jesus Christ, are called to love in the same way that he loves. Ultimately, for the service of someone's soul, for their salvation. But even on a lesser degree, for the service of their basic needs. This is the essence of love. If we don't love the neighbor that we can see, then we don't love the God we can't see. A brother priest of mine would often quote the passage, love begins at home. You have to learn to love your family, your spouse, your children, your parents, your siblings first before you can go out and love others. And he's absolutely right, but he would always clarify that technically speaking, it's not true. Technically speaking, Love begins in the parking lot after Sunday Mass. Not, not getting angry you know, at the other drivers and trying to get out right away. He says, well, love, love begins in the parking lot. But, but yes, too, at home, if you're not serving your spouse, serving your children, serving your parents, serving your siblings, you are not loving God. You know, you can go out in public, you can go to the soup kitchen, you can, you can serve the poor and the needy all you want, but if you're not serving at home, those acts are pretty much useless. Because your closest neighbors are always your family. And so when we consider the responsibility that we have in loving our neighbor, we have to recognize the hierarchy of neighbors. There is an order in which our Lord wants us to place acts of service. First and foremost, it's the Lord, right? He's, he's the top dog. He's the one you have to serve first. You do that by following his commandments, by obeying his church, his bride. You do that, you're serving Christ. But after Christ, the ones 
first and foremost, that God expects you to serve depend in large part on your current state of life and vocation. As a priest, obviously my job is after my devotion and fidelity to Jesus, service to his bride, the church, because this is my family. As a priest, his bride is my bride. His children are my children. But if you're not a priest, I'm pretty sure none of you are, then your job is to serve your spouse after Christ, and then your children. That's your primary obligation. If you're not married yet, or you're not married currently, your responsibility falls to your parents. Your job is to serve them. Then, after your parents, it would be your siblings, your brothers and sisters. And we're talking blood relation at this point. Beyond siblings, you can think of nieces and nephews, and then cousins, and second cousins, and technically you could go on forever. But ultimately, it's just the immediate family within your vicinity. That's your primary vocation of love. So if you're not loving your spouse, it doesn't matter that you're loving your children. I'm not saying it's, it's unimportant. I mean, it's good you're at least loving your kids, but it's not good enough and it doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve Christ. Because of the hierarchy of love. First God, then spouse, then parents, then well, parents and children, then siblings, then you can extend out further, prudentially speaking, according to the rest of your family. I mean, if they're living in Sri Lanka, you know, okay, fine. Just love them from a distance. You don't have to go over there and serve them. After your family obligations, and again, these are obligations of service and love, then what's the next hierarchically important act of service? It's your parish family. That's your second family, in a sense. On a real level, we know that the parish family is actually more important even than your physical family, because this is the family of Christ. But in regards to your responsibilities, your biological family comes first. Then, after you've served them, if you have any extra time and energy or money, then you serve your parish family then you need to look for ways in which you can love your brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, the church teaches that your obligation to serve other Catholics is greater than your obligation to love pagans because of the hierarchy. It doesn't mean you, you don't love you know, the pagans, the non-Christians. It just means family always comes first, always. In fact, in the New Testament, it says that if a Catholic is failing in their familial obligations, let's say you have an elderly parent and you refuse to take care of them, they are not allowed to come to church or receive the sacraments. That's what the church teaches. You are unworthy to join the family of Christ if you're not even caring for your own family. That's how serious an obligation Christ sets it. So after all of those things are done, when you're considering, do I have the time and energy to serve the body of Christ? In what ways can I do it? Now, there are many of you who serve the church very faithfully and very well. In fact, some of you may be doing it too much. 
It, usually it's the ladies more than the men. Sometimes men do it, but more often than not, it's the women who feel so strongly about serving at church in some capacity. And that's noble and good and beautiful, but honestly, I can't tell you how many times I have to tell women, you don't need to be here that much. You're neglecting your husband. You're neglecting your children. They come first. That's your primary vocation. It's beautiful that anyone would want to be close to Christ. They want to spend more time in prayer in front of the Blessed Sacrament. That's good if you can do it, but never in regards to neglect of your primary acts of service and love. I, for the life of me, can't remember the saint's name, but when the papacy was in Avignon, France, there was this one saint, and she you know, had a husband and children and normal household, but she was so holy and so famous that many church hierarchy, not just the bishops, but even the popes who were in Avignon at the time, would actually come to her home to speak with her and get her advice on various topics. I'm sure you can look it up and find out who she is. Who is it? Catherine of Siena, there you go. So, I knew Meg would know. Um, so, you'd think I'd remember this stuff, but no. Uh, so, what she would make them do is, even if the Pope himself would come to her house, if she was fulfilling some duty towards her, her family, she would make them wait in the parlor until she was done. Oftentimes, they would have to wait hours until after the kids were in bed, and then she would go and talk to them. And she was absolutely right to do this because her primary vocation comes first. It's one of the reasons she's such a great saint. So you need to consider that if you're maybe volunteering at church too much. But oftentimes there's more we can do. Now, if you're not the person who has enough time or energy to devote kind of a permanent role of service in the church, that's fine. There are many kind of temporary and momentary things that you can do. But I just want to go through a list of potential ways in which you can serve your local parish and local parish community. Many of you already do these things. They're the obvious ways that a lot of times you see when you come to church are things like altar servers. They are serving at Mass. The young men, or even the older men, if you want to learn to serve, you're welcome to, are welcome to do this. We have an altar guild. This is for the ladies who help take care of the sanctuary, the vestments, the altar cloths. They, they clean the, um, um, again, you'd think I'd remember these words. Purificators, thank you. Uh, the purificators, they, they prepare the flowers. They, they do so much, all behind the scenes. Right? You don't even see them, and yet they're always taking care of things. There are ushers and lectors People have been complaining that we don't have a choir. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. Somebody's got to volunteer for that. So, right? And I'm happy to have one. But without someone willing to serve in that capacity, and please, only if you have a good voice. I'm just saying. <laughs> but if you have the capacity to serve, then please do in, in many ways. But these are kind of more permanent and regular things that you do, that you can volunteer for. But there are other more temporary things, you know, like at the Feast of St. Dorothy, when we need help setting up or, or cleaning up afterwards, you can volunteer for that. For Divine Mercy Sunday celebrations, for the various celebrations that we have throughout the year that need extra help. You know, the Knights of Columbus have their, their big barbecue every year. They can always use help for that. So those are just kind of one-day 
jobs that you can help in serving your, your parish family. We need assistant catechists for the confirmation class. There you go. If any of you are interested in, in assisting in the confirmation class. There, there's so many things that you can do to help serve the faithful. You know, the kids camp, that's another big issue. I always forget, forget about those things, but it takes a lot of work. So often when, when you come to a parish event, you might not realize all of the labor that went into not only preparing it, but running it and then cleaning up afterwards. And if we don't have volunteers, it usually falls to a handful of people to do that work all by themselves. This weekend, I've been thinking a lot about how you know, parents act in regards to their children in this same area. Like the child says they want something. They want to do this as a family or they want something in the house. And they don't always understand what it costs, the responsibility involved in obtaining or maintaining that thing. The, the most famous one is the pet, right? Daddy, I want a dog. No, we're not getting a dog. But, but I'll love it, Daddy, and I'll take care of it, and I'll feed it every day, and I'll walk it, and I'll clean up after it. Yeah, for the first week. That's a serious commitment. And it is sometimes where you have to make a serious commitment. But we're such a big family, it's much easier for us if, if everybody who is able just gives a little aid, a little help. If we had 20, 30 volunteers to set up for something, it, it'd take less than an hour and wouldn't be hard work for anyone. But it's something I have to be honest, we, I struggle with here at St. Dorothy's because it's very difficult to get volunteers for things. And this makes it hard on those who are always present and always helping to do all of the work. We just can't have nice things if you don't volunteer. So I want you to pray about this and to consider this. Is there something more that you can do? I don't want to give you a guilt trip and try to, you know, twist your arm into this. I want you to prayerfully discern. First, am I fulfilling my, my responsibility to love my family? That includes going to work and earning a living because that's how you support your family. So am I fulfilling those responsibilities? After that is done, do I have any time or energy or money left over in order to serve my parish family? If so, then call the office if you're not sure what to do. Talk to, to the ladies. They have whole lists of things you can volunteer for. Trust me, don't ask me. I, I don't know half the stuff that goes on around here. Makes it easier. That's why I hired them. <laughs> but consider that. Again, prayerfully. Discern it. Speak with your spouse about it. Speak with your parents about it. Uh, you young men and women who are interested in, in getting more involved as well. But regardless of the area in which you choose to serve, you have to remember this most important thing, that for us, the calling to serve and the calling to love is not just an invitation. Jesus says it's a new commandment, which makes it an obligation. It's a commandment. And we are to love as we are loved, as Christ loves us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.